Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your week in IndyCar guest episode brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and our young Formula One driving brother, Pato O'Ward. <laughs> I swear I saw a guy that looked like you just a couple of days ago at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca with a smile that was so wide it actually extended like three feet off of your face. <laughs> Man. Wow. Like I'm, I'm still in awe about that race car. I mean, it's, it's a proper racing machine. Like it's just, honestly, if, if it's not the best, it's very close to it. The best experience I've ever had in a race car. Um, ah, I mean, you were there to witness it. It was the best. And the thing that I loved even though we only got two onboard laps because McLaren's GoPro flew off the car into the gravel trap. And luckily we called in a favor and the track was able to find it. But what folks did not get to see uh, was your full run. But as someone who was able to see the whole thing, at least uh, in the front straight and coming down the hill and listen elsewhere, that's the fun part, Pato, listening your lap to your lap to lap progression of pushing this corner and picking up the throttle earlier and braking later here. Got a lot of folks wanting to know about that. So uh, let's see. Why don't we go to Brian Rice, uh, who says, I was lucky enough to have been trackside at Laguna on Sunday to watch your run. I'm curious for you, having now driven both an IndyCar and the 98 World Championship McLaren F1 on the same circuit. What's the one thing about the F1 car that was most most different from behind the wheel to your number five Aaron McLaren SP Chevy. He says from his viewpoint outside of turn four, I was blown away by the abruptness of the McLaren's change of direction on corner entry. So why don't you crack open what it was like pushing lap after lap and exploring the, the limits Pato, but also you weren't able to go hundred percent maximum attack. Man, that's a, that's a great question. Short and sweet. Wait, I mean, this thing weighs 550-ish kilos, uh, which is around 1,000-ish pounds uh, plus driver. So add on another 150 pounds for me. Um, but man, the because when you compare the two, they both have 750 horsepower. Yes, one of them is naturally aspirated V10, which sounds mental. <laughs> um, but they both have very similar powers, but the IndyCar weighs twice the weight and oh my God, you can feel it. Oh my God. Like the change of direction, the stopping power, the acceleration, the nimbleness of the car. It's like, it was like driving a go on it. It was like driving a go-kart like anywhere. As soon as I would just turn the thing, just boom darts in like it was, it was such a, I have to say in the beginning and the few, first few laps, it was actually pretty terrifying trying to get up to decent limits of this thing because I've never driven something that's, that's this insane. Like the, the thing was just like um, everything happened so much faster and there was so much grip to get to, to so much grip getting offered to me but I was not even close to what this car was capable of, specifically in the fast corners. I think at the brakes, I, I, I got a, a decent feeling, 
but I still had way more to go. And in the fast corners, I mean, I, I, I felt like a, like a noob driving it, to be honest. Um, I mean, it was insane. And it's also not my car, and it's worth like $6 million. So I didn't want to have a, have, a, <laughs> have a big moment or, uh, or get myself into a position where I could pin it in the wall. That wouldn't have been good at all. But man, oh man, that was the best experience I've ever had in a race car. It it had been a long time since I'd gone into a race car and had a proper feeling of being slightly terrified. That's a awesome description of your face as uh, <laughs> so you man. Like I, I don't. I like. I I wish I could explain i don't see you nervous very often i guess is what i'm saying pato and i'm not saying you're like a bundle of nerves but you had a little bit of a look like all right this this is this is something different yeah and as soon as i floored it i was like oh my god i mean for a ride (laughs) uh let's see why don't we go to uh one of my favorite twitter handles uh uncle bobby's turkey Uh, He said, how did Zach Brown tell you that you were going to do this test? Or, I mean, I shouldn't call it a test. Just get a chance to go out and do a a session during the Velocity Invitational event. He said, did he give you a little die cast like he did with Danny Ricardo when he let him know he could drive his old Dale Earnhardt uh, NASCAR? Um, He says, you must have given him a hell yeah in response. So, um, I actually had no idea what I was going to be driving uh, for this event. And I got there, and, and, and guys were coming left and right to me, like, hey, drive this, and hey, drive that. Let's get you to drive this and that. Um, and I saw Mika's car there, and I saw Zach's 2012 F1 car, and I told Zach, dude, you got to let me drive one of those. And he's like, let me see what I can do. And uh, That's a great then he comes, Zach Brown impression, by the way. <laughs> then, he, uh, then he comes back to me at the end of the day, and he was like, mm. I think I might have gotten you uh, uh, a a few laps in Mika's car on Sunday. And I was like, no way. Uh, And I met the owner of the car. His name is John. I met him at uh, dinner that night. Um, And he let me take his car for a freaking spin, dude. Wow. So Uh, Honestly, I didn't want to believe it until it actually happened because I was like, I'm just not going to believe it until I'm actually flooring it onto the front straight. That was so much fun. It truly is just fun to watch you go through all that. Should we tell folks that, uh, what, Saturday morning you were meant to go for a high-speed session with somebody in a McLaren Senna GTR but that that outing didn't last as long. Yeah, sadly, yeah, sadly didn't last as long as we'd hoped. I didn't even get through two corners, and uh, the 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 car died on me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was a bummer because that was my first time ever driving uh, or wanting to drive a, a, a Senna GTR, and it just looks like a. I mean, like a track weapon, to be honest, very different to, to what an open wheel is, but it's, it looks like a very fun car to, to throw around and just enjoy a lap. Um, but sadly I didn't have, didn't have much of a chance to experience it. 
I still have to look back through the uh, the the footage there. At least the consolation prize was breakfast tacos, which were pretty darn yeah, good. Yeah, that was say. good. Those are pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. No argument there. Uh, let's see. What do we go to our pal Lance Snyder? Says if you could take one thing from the McLaren and put it in an Indy car, would it be the noise, the power, the handling, the sexy looks? What's the one thing you'd say? Add that to IndyCar. Uh, the weight. Ooh, the weight. The absence. Oh, my God. The, uh, it's just we need we – need, because uh, uh, in, in terms of simplicity and – I mean, I understand the, the F1 car probably was a little bit more complex in, in aero, but it's not far off. The ones now are completely, uh, completely more than anything else that has ever been created in – in motorsports, but a 98 F1 car in terms of aero is certainly a little bit more sophisticated, but it's not far off in terms of how much downforce it creates mm. um, to the Indy car. The problem is, is that in the Indy car, you have double the weight in the middle of it. So the downforce doesn't do quite as much as what it does whenever the thing is light and nimble and just basically like a go-kart. Um, that's what I'd take, man. I mean, I, I understand the noise is probably the second biggest thing, but the IndyCar does not sound bad. Um, it is the weight of the car is a lot more of an issue than uh, than anything else um, that we currently have, which uh, makes me a bit nervous seeing the direction that we're going with, uh, with uh, more power you know, bigger engine. I understand it's more power. It's going to sound cooler, but the car is already too heavy for what it is. And, um, and, uh, you know, I really hope it, it doesn't get to the point where they're not as enjoyable to drive because we just keep adding on weight to them. Um, I mean, the aero screen is 60 pounds in the worst possible place. You can put, uh, something heavy in a race car because of the center of gravity. And it already had made the issue that we had had previously worse. And now with adding 120 pounds to the rear of the car, it's going to just make it even worse. And I just, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I really hope we can do something to make the cars not a little bit lighter, but significantly lighter, at least for road courses. Um because I think it's just it would make it such such way more of a pleasure to drive for drivers. It'd be way more of a spectacle to watch them on track. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's my call. I was reading some comments from Joseph Newgarden who did some road course testing for IndyCar with the added the simulated weight and power coming in twenty twenty three and. Jay Fry was telling me uh, about that as well last week and, you know, the efforts to uh, both during the speedway test uh, by adding that weight and then also the road course weight. Um, a little bit off topic. We'll come back to McLaren in a moment, but it, it, it's a great subject that folks maybe don't know enough about, and that is weight safety related weight like you mentioned the aero screen that weight's in the worst place from a pure performance standpoint it's obviously in the perfect place for uh saving drivers though but, exactly um you start putting weight on a car and depending on where it goes 
it can have some adverse effects on handling and whatnot tire life. Uh, know that when the Delar DW12 came out in 2012, well, heck, even in 2011 when it was doing uh, track testing with uh, Dan Weldon and the Brian Herta Autosport team, uh, the rearward weight bias was far more than expected. There's a lot of effort put in to make changes to the car to sweep some of that weight forward a little bit so it wasn't such an understeering thing. We've been through a lot of different aero packages over the years. Can you describe to folks, and we're not complaining, we're just trying to you know, yeah. make IndyCar so, fans smarter, what that feels like, that kind of understeery thing, and how bolting more weight onto the back exacerbates the problem? Yeah, so the thing is, is that, um, and it's no, and it's no, uh, and it's not me bashing, you know, what what's what we have right now, but um, I feel like we have an opportunity coming up in the next few years. IndyCar is on the rise. Many people have interest in it. And, you know, I think it's time for a new car. You know, a new, a new engine is getting introduced. Um and all these safety things that we've we've added on to this DW12 car are amazing. The problem is this car wasn't designed from zero with all these add-ons. We need a car that's designed with all of this, uh, brand new. And I feel like it's just going to make it'll make the handling better, so it'll make the drivers happier. Um, I think the lap times are going to get quicker, so I think that's just going to make the spectacle better. It's going to sound better. It's going to be faster. I mean, everything is just going to get better. I understand it's going to be, you know, a bit more cost here and there, but I, f- I feel like for the long run, it's definitely the way to go in my eyes. Um, I don't think, you know, adding on more and more things to an already very heavy Frankenstein car is going to do the trick. Um, and it's just, it gets to the point where there's nothing we do in the setup that helps you get rid of that plowing understeer during the corner. So you're basically just, your never ending turn and the thing just doesn't go where you want it to go. Um, you can, you can influence it somewhat initially with either like a very, uh, very fast turn in to, to get the thing rotated as soon as you can. But, in long-lasting corners, you can't do that, or you're going to be spinning off into the wall every corner and every lap. So um, there's a there's a hard balance to find there, and I feel like it's already hard enough with what we have now, where it's just going to make it almost impossible for uh, you know whenever we we do add on so much more weight to the back of the car because you're just adding weight to the rear, but that's just already going to sat oversaturate the the tire. Um, to what it what it's capable of. That's that's the issue that I see on it. It's just we're adding, yeah, we're adding more power, but we don't have uh, the tire uh, the st- the tire strength and the the lightness to help us with that. We have too much weight that's already not helping the oversaturation of the front of the car. Um, so, I mean, and, and, and I'm not bashing. This is just no, but you're a race car honest. driver. You're a race this car driver who wants the highest performance car, safest car, but highest performance car possible. And your comments echo everything I've heard from every race car driver ever when they're talking about new stuff coming along. Um, make it as nimble and fast and amazing and 
uh, perfectly balanced as possible. And when you test I mean, something honestly, that doesn't cause... tick some of those boxes, it's not uncommon for a, a hunter killer like yourself to say, let's do something new. Yeah, and it's just in, for example, you see the car counts. Man, there's so much interest, and honestly, basically anybody can can come and join the series now. And I feel like that's a great teller and a, and a great call for us to say, like, hey, you know, I think a new car is it's time for a new car, and it's time for a new era of of package. You know, together with the hybrid engine, with a new car that's that that's created together with the aero screen, um, and something that's you know built a package that it's built from zero together, um, you know, low, fat, and fast, loud. Um, that's what we want. And I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've, I've really tried to, to, to express my opinions and, um, there's only so much, us drivers can do to be honest uh at the end of the day it all becomes a um a game of you know how much will it be and, and how much do the control to the do the costs want to be controlled um but i think we need to be very um very uh cautious and delicate with the fact that you know it might be okay less cost for the near future, but I think it might hurt us more than help us for the long run if we just keep adding on to what we have right now and not evolve into a completely new package. 13-year-old in me keeps giggling whenever you say package. I'm going to move on. Uh, we've got a couple more questions, brother. I know you got to run. Uh, Andrew Miller asks if you can do more of the V10 sound effects because uh, he loves hearing you do the V10 sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> uh Kenny Gouvreau asks, uh, how did it feel to work with a legend like Mika Hakkinen and drive his oh legendary MP four thirteen? Did he give you any advice about your upcoming F one test? Man, what a character. Right. Love Mika. Oh my god. Um great guy. I could tell how special that car was whenever he would start talking about it. Mm. And it's hard to explain over the phone, but the way that he would smile and like blush while he was talking about his car, his world championship winning car was what made me like, Oh my God, I am in for a freaking treat. That is um, so awesome. And it didn't disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to one or two more brother. Let's see. Uh, why don't we go to the, right, we actually spoke about this, uh, Right after the, uh, the the Mexican Grand Prix, maybe you can add a little bit to this as well. Abraham's curious. Have you been have you been pushing IndyCar on having a race in Mexico? No, he'd never do that. Um, tell folks about your experience of going uh, to your home Grand Prix for the first time as a member of the McLaren Racing family, and how that was different from when you went years ago. You and your dad. What was it like? being there on the inside as a part of one of the big teams and also the, the reception you got from folks seeing you, uh, who'd obviously been following your, your IndyCar career and has J Fry blocked you, uh, <laughs> from calling and continuing to ask for a Mexican was, or IndyCar race. Man, it was an awesome experience. It was a lot 
more than what I was expecting, to be fairly honest with you. It made me really, really happy and grateful that people, you know, I, people watched. Like, people watched me, uh, you know, try and, and take it up to, to, to Palau and New Garden and Dixon during the year. And they enjoyed it and they were happy for me and they were happy together with me. Um, and everybody seems very excited to, to what's to come. Um, and, oh man, it just made me feel, it, it made me feel a lot of FOMO, dude. I mean, I, I was like, oh, I want to be driving here right now. Like, it's just, it's just, there's nothing like Mexican fans in my eyes. Like the, the Mexican atmosphere of just the energy and the passion is unlike any other that I've ever experienced. Um, I mean, and I feel like I've done enough to where I know I would, you know, I know the success that I've had would fill up, uh, uh, a race there in the, in the, in the racetrack where either formula one races or where if we go back to Parque Fondidora, I mean, I, I'm really, I'm not sure what else I have to do in order to help that cause because I mean, I won races I'm I'm continuously fighting for polls. Pato TV, I don't forget for Pato a, TV. Yeah, Pato TV, dude. I mean, fighting. I was fighting for the championship all year. There's really nothing else I could be doing in order to make the event work, and I think it would. I think it would work, um, and I think it'd be the best event we have all year, aside from the 500, just because of the magnitude of what the 500 is. Um, but I say it'd be a sold-out show. And I think everyone would absolutely love it. Just announce it. You announce there's going to be a 2023 IndyCar Mexican Grand Prix. And then just we'll see if IndyCar denies it or just goes, oh, cool. I guess we missed that email. So apparently we're going. Um, <laughs> that, that's the hope, right? Uh, why don't we take two more? Uh, one of them looks Back to last weekend and for a little bit, this comes in last minute. Rachel T. Hey, Rachel, thank you for sending this in. Uh, she says, first of all, is Pato stop grinning? No. Uh, she also says, with the news that F1 teams will run young drivers in some free practice one sessions next year, do you think that's something you might be able to do at all uh, between your IndyCar commitments? Um, so I'm fully focused on my IndyCar season for now. Um but what we can take into consideration is that we end very early and the F1 still has a lot of uh, race weekends after we are done. So I'd love to. That's definitely something that I would love to do. But it's uh, I'm going to leave it up to the bosses because I don't really get to make those decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Should also throw in here, we got a, uh, just a nice little note from our pal Tracy who we met uh, while uh, having breakfast uh Saturday morning, she and her husband and, uh, and son. So Tracy says, hello, uh, J Justin Holmes. I know we mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but I will ask it again for, uh, for new listeners. Who is the driver you idolized most growing up? Uh, to be fairly honest with you, I grew up in the Hamilton Alonso Vettel era. That's, that's what I watched when I was a kid. And those are the guys that if I saw walking around, I might've fainted. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna close with a question with a dear friend of the show matt philpot uh he says this question pato is from his five-year-old daughter tenley 
And uh-huh. t- yeah, Tenley is becoming a big Pato Award fan in her own regard. And Matt also sent along a, a drawing that she did. And honestly, there might not be a better Pato race car crayon drawing from a five-year-old oh, on the planet. What a cutie. Yeah, 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 totally. So Tenley wants to know, how did you decide to become a race car driver? Ooh, great question. So uh, I got a go-kart when I was a kid. I was three years old, but I've always been a very small guy. So I didn't start racing until I was six. Started racing uh, uh, when I was six uh, because I had went to the local go-kart track that uh, that sadly is not there anymore because a hurricane destroyed it. Ooh. Um, but I went to one and I watched my cousins drive a go-kart and I said, uh, man, I remember like it was yesterday. I I I was full of goosebumps. Like I was just watching go like little bambino, like little like li- like tiny little go karts go around, super slow, and I got a bunch of goosebumps. And I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. And the next day, I went to the track, and the rest is history. Um, that is what sparked it. But when the year, or I guess the day that really, I mean, where I say, you know what, I'm willing to drop everything in my life and just go balls to the wall for this. Um, 2012, Montreal, Formula One Grand Prix. I had never been to a Grand Prix and or a IndyCar race before. Um, and I remember I was two or three miles outside of the track, and I just hear... And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And, yeah, see, I'm telling you right now, and I got goosebumps right now. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's, that was the day where I was like, this is for me. This is what I will, uh, what I will do for the rest of my life because I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> I love it. And it sounds like uh, Matt has one more year to go uh, before he needs to put Tenley in a go-kart if we go with your six-year-old timeline. so Let's go. Uh, so happy for you. So fun to watch your experience last weekend, my man. I still have a, uh, a post-run stand-up video that we did that I need to try and get uh, edited and posted here shortly. So nonetheless... Happy to see all the good things happening for you, my man. Enjoy what little off-season you're going to have, and then we're going to be back to racing here before long. Pato, thanks for uh, joining in, brother. Thank you, man. I'll see you soon. Thank you, everyone, for the questions.